Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is all from uh, first in the first place from our Gospel, St Matthew chapter 16, and particularly verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then also from Hebrews chapter 12, the first two verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord, sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Christian friends, at a pastor's conference some years ago, the now late Pastor John Fitzner told us about one of his experiences during long service leave. He and his wife Diana were touring France and they'd hired a rental car but they got themselves lost as they entered a major city, Lyon. They wanted to find their way to their hotel. They got thoroughly confused with all the signs and flyovers and underpasses and clover leaves at this massive intersection. So they took an exit and pulled over. And John went into a cafe to ask directions. He was trying to make himself understood in French when a woman overheard him and just said in English, follow me. So so he hopped back in his car and followed her, crossing lanes, fixing his eyes on this one driver and that one car until they safely reached their destination. Our theme for this morning is fixing our eyes on Jesus and following him. Last Sunday we heard Jesus saying to Simon Peter, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over it. Jesus was delighted because Peter had just confessed, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But now the question arises, what sort of Christ, what sort of Messiah, what sort of king is he? Will he turn out to be the sort of king most of the Jews were hoping for at that time, another powerful David who would take up arms against the Romans and restore Israel's independence? Would he establish his kingdom in Jerusalem and appoint his disciples to be his ministers? You may remember how James and John, the sons of Zebedee and their ambitious mother, approached Jesus one day and asked him to reserve the top jobs in his cabinet for them. These young men and their mum had a lot to learn. So now we hear Jesus beginning to teach them what he absolutely must do in obedience to his heavenly Father, according to the Old Testament scriptures. This, in Matthew 16, is the first of his three passion predictions. He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Now, they didn't pay attention to what he said about being raised on the third day They couldn't cope with the prophecy of his suffering and death at the hands of the Jewish governing council, the Sanhedrin, as it was called. 
that council was made up of 70 representatives of three groups. The high priest was always the chairman. Wealthy landowners like Joseph of Arimathea, high priests like Annas and Caiaphas, and the third group were the scribes, the rabbis from the party of the Pharisees, men like Nicodemus. The good men on the council, like Joseph and Nicodemus, were outnumbered by the bad ones, Annas, like Annas and Caiaphas. And so it had to happen that Jesus would suffer and die for us, the just for the unjust. Well, Peter couldn't handle this. He couldn't stand the thought of his beloved master being taken away from them. Peter can only think in terms of success, success and glory for Jesus and his cause. So he takes Jesus aside for a little chat, just to set him straight. Far be it from you, Lord, or literally, may God be merciful to you and spare you this. Always impetuous and impulsive, Peter thinks he can take charge and tell his Lord, let there be an end to this defeatist talk about suffering and death. And now, and now Jesus puts Peter back in his place. It's not Peter's place to confront Jesus and tell him what to do and what not to do. In fact, Peter is tempting Jesus along the same lines as the devil had tempted him three times in the wilderness to take the glory road when Jesus replied three times, it is written, it is written, it is written, written in the Bible. Get behind me, Satan, our Lord says. You're a trap to me because you're not setting your mind on the things of God but on the things of man. So get behind me. Instead of trying to take charge, just fix your eyes on me and follow me. If you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness but have the light of life. You'll never be lost and confused. Peter had been trapped into the cult of celebrity worship, making Jesus into a celebrity leader, preacher, miracle worker. It's the same trap that some of the Corinthian Christians had fallen, fell into later when they formed a personality cult around Paul or Apollos. I, it's very egotistic, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, uh, meaning uh, St Peter. Yes, forgetting that every human being, indeed every apostle and pastor is flawed and has feet of clay. We have this treasure, St Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we have this treasure that is the gospel of Jesus, the Bible, in jars of clay. I made that mistake in my seminary days when I almost worshipped one of my teachers and put him on a pedestal at the expense of another teacher. Uh, and, uh, and the other teacher was very hurt uh, by what I'd done. We also have to take care not to put our political leaders on a pedestal. With any political leader, we must remember the words of Psalm 146. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. His hope is in the Lord, his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, 
and all that is in them. And now Jesus goes on to talk about our cross. If anyone would come after me, he says, or come behind me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus is the pearl of great price, the treasure hidden in the field. Or in St Paul's letter to the Philippians, we hear his great profit and loss statement. Whatever gain I had, meaning as a self-righteous Pharisee, full of his, puffed up because of all of his good works, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Yes, that's the Christian way, the way of the cross, the way through suffering to glory, taking up our cross daily. Bear with me while I quote from Jeff Gibbs, New Testament professor at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. Living in each disciple is the dark conviction that can destroy unity and do untold damage to the cause and name of Christ. Put me in charge and I'll set things right. This conviction can take the form of personal ambition. It sprouts forth as criticism, competition and one-upmanship. Prideful comparison in which one does not actually do anything but merely demeans a brother or sister is the way that the more introverted sinners might choose to worship Lord Self. And uh, Jeff Gibbs has put a capital L for Lord and a capital S for Self. More introverted sinners might choose to worship Lord Self and to think the things of men over against the things of God. Ambition, comparison and criticism are all ways of embracing and exalting oneself rather than denying oneself. The way of Jesus, however, uh, Jeff Gibbs goes on, the way of Jesus, however, is the way of humble obedience and submission to the will of another. Now he calls every disciple to come after him, come behind him and deny ourselves and follow him. As we hear Jesus saying in John's Gospel, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, Jesus says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. Yes, we'll be where he is. We'll be with him in heaven. May our Lord Jesus grant this to us all. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.